Welcome to Blackcast 17, old enough for me. Continuing on our theme from last week with Christine 16. And if you think that those songs are creepy, that song uh, 17 by Kip Winger, the lyric is, uh, Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I thought yeah! of you. Just think, if one of the ladies <laughs> at Dames and Games came out to that song, someone in, in this studio might marry her. No names. No names. That lyric is like a uh, David Caruso line from CSI Miami. <laughs> Daddy well, says she's Daddy too says young. She's too young, but, but she's sunglasses. sunglasses on. She's old enough for me. Yeah! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Put it that, that was good. I like the way we, I like the way we work together. Though. Teamwork. Quick that collaboration. And you want to know deal? what's really creepy is that when that song 17 came out, my wife was five. I'm joined, as always, by <laughs> Agent Sterling, Will Sterling. <laughs> there at, he is. At Will Sterling underscore on Twitter. Coltrane, not on Twitter. Damn right. Liev on Twitter as David underscore Bujenski. And this is indeed the Bladcast. And most of you are probably tuning in expecting me to go on and on about how awesome Star Trek Into Darkness was. And you're right. It was awesome. But my conversation about the film will be so bogged down in minutia and really heavy on spoilers that I'm relegating it to the very end of the Blatcast. Yeah, that's right. Even after Tebow time. And to discuss it, I'm sorry, Will, but I need to bring in the heavy artillery. A mere mortal nerd like you can't Whoa. keep up. Ouch. When, oh. it gets, when the nerd talk gets to heavy Star Trek, that's not for d you, man. It doesn't mean I'm a mere mortal. It just means you're I'm a mere not mortal associated nerd. with the Star no, Trek. No, no, no. You're a mortal nerd when you it comes saying, to Star Trek, yes. Wow. Yeah, it's just Star Trek, though. Yeah. Everything else, I can be an immortal nerd. And I don't, I don't right? know. I mean, he's he's basically just saying that you're relegated to Doctor Who. Oh that's my. it. Because that's what I hear. You know, you don't have the Star Trek arrow in your quiver. You're not going to be. But the I have Hawkeye the green arrow nerd. quiver. Yeah, I have the arrows. Yeah, I have them. All right. Well, you also have no. your magic green lantern ring. Yeah, I have all which the is good. All the colors of the rainbow. But anyway, so we're going to have our first ever. Uber nerd talk segment with wow. a, with my friend Tom Kelly. We will have our first ever Uber nerd talk segment. <laughs> and you will like you. it. And you will sit in the corner and weep. That's what We I will talk you. Kirk, <laughs> Spock, Scotty, and Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> anyway, the Uber nerd talk segment will be my friend Tom Kelly, New York comedian. He does a warm-up for The View, and he was an NBC page with me. Anyway, you... Coltrane and you, yes. Agent Starling, you'll be seeing Star Trek tonight. tonight. Yes. So another reason why you can't participate in the conversation yeah. is really yeah. that it's it's heavy on spoilers. I, I can't spoil it for you before you see it. As a famous Doctor Who character, River Song would say, spoilers. Really? Yeah. So right. <laughs> Mortal Nerd, let's check again, guys. Let's check again. No, that's, no, that's, that's just, awesome, that's, really. Except, look no, away. it's really not. You just turned into geek status. That's beyond <laughs> nerddom. And uh, yeah. Liev, you'll uh, you'll see uh, Star Trek right after you see the Avengers. Or, uh, yeah, 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 super yeah. stoked about yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you are. That's yeah. going to be great. So uh, you guys are going to see it tonight. That'll that'll be fun, and then we can talk about it. But uh, Will, you actually haven't seen uh, many or any of the Star Trek movies, the old um, ones. I mean, I've seen. We saw the one Star with the Trek for the quest for peace, Wales. <laughs> no, that's super bad. Well, oh, I'm sorry. The voyage. Uh, <laughs> the, the voyage, voyage home. home. Yeah. Yeah, saw that one a couple years ago, and then I've seen Star Trek Generations. 
Okay. And then I've seen the first Abrams one, and that's it. All right. Well, yeah. then you have a, a cursory knowledge. What about you, Ken? Have you seen a lot of Star Trek? You're just on board to see some stuff happen. You want to see I stuff actually, blow up? I'd seen, I saw all the Star Trek movies through generations, and then after and that you, I just- And you bailed on the, uh, the Next Generation movies? Yeah. I mean, I actually did enjoy the Next Generation when it was on TV, but I don't know. The, the movies just didn't really- the generations I just didn't really like that much, and so yeah, the like, bridge eh. movie was not that great. It was like they had to like say goodbye to the old cast, bring the new cast in, and then yeah. it was all about what like eighteen minutes when Kirk and Picard are on screen together, and then yeah, the rest so of it was filler. All you needed the new one is just old Spock in an ice cave. You have a quick conversation <laughs> about basically the dynamics of the DC universe, and you're ready to go. Is that what true. you need? <laughs> okay. That's basically what. The certain element Earth of that number that's true. two Star Trek. Well, anyway, I guess you guys will uh, be able to talk about uh, how awesome it was next time, and uh, you'd better say how awesome it was. <laughs> I'm J. excited J. for it. JJ Abrams excited. is listening. I, I think uh, anyone will enjoy it, and uh, even. You know, that you'll just hear people laughing or reacting to things that you're like, I don't even. There's one thing in the movie that I didn't even get the reference, but everybody laughed really hard. Like, oh, they totally gave a shout out. And I looked it up and I'm like, okay, so that's a thing? Uh, all right. <laughs> so, because my wife looked at me and I'm like, I got no idea. There were other things. I'm like, I'll tell you later. Wait, ask me how many Star Treks I've seen. <laughs> I hate talking. No, I really how many Star Treks I've seen. How many Star Treks have you seen? I've seen none. That's right. That's why I, I dated ask. girls in high school. I dated girls who liked Played Star Trek. sports. I didn't play sports, but I watched them on TV. That's better. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> there's always that. Anyway, we had a uh, big gathering out in the valley over the weekend. True. Agent Starling was not present, but- Way to uh, go, buddy. Yeah, way to go, buddy. Sorry. We going, to, to going to Loser. somebody's wedding. Was that a wedding? Yeah, a wedding. And Mother's you, Day. Uh, that was on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. You know what I had to do different. on Sunday? You know what I had to do on Sunday? Say hello to all your mothers, okay? I had to do that. <laughs> I made phone calls to all your mothers. Well, that was nice of you. But Saturday was a wedding, yes. Saturday was a wedding. Boo. But we had, uh, my wife had an 80s prom 30th birthday party at a Moose Lodge, which was kind of everything you want in a party, and I believe it went very well. Uh, Will, your involvement was to uh, get me about 800 songs Sit from the, the 80s. for hours. I think I only used 200 of them, but I have so many more that we're going to have to have another 80s party, so thank you. <laughs> but Coltrane and Liev did indeed attend. So we'll let you guys talk a little bit about uh, your thoughts of the party and the amazing photograph that we took, which accompanies this week's Blackcast. I'll let Liev start since he usually doesn't talk, and we'll remind ourselves why he usually doesn't talk as he explains how awesome that photograph is. The photograph's amazing. Thanks. Coltrane, <laughs> what, did, uh, what did you think of the party? You talk a little bit about it. I thought it was very well done. Everyone that went to the party, with the exception of Liev and myself, like really got into character. There was a lot of great '80s costumes that. There uh, were some really good outfits. I was I was very impressed. Yeah. I you you never know like with a party like that how many people are actually going to participate actively and get involved. But everyone really seemed to like go with the theme. There were different. Yeah, we cast a pretty wide net. I mean, my look was Miami Vice, which but, was brilliant by the well, way. Well, thank you. A brilliant. Look. Somebody got to go as. I don't even know who he was, but he was someone from Top Gun. You know, I'm nice. going to assume he was Tom Cruise. You know, so there, there was, a, and, and <laughs> girls were really excited. Like Heather's friends were really excited to buy, you know, old thrift store prom dresses. And there, someone had jelly shoes. Yes, my friend I, Krista I, had jelly shoes. Yes, she did. Yeah. yeah so, so there, there was that as yeah, well. Yeah, there so was. You're saying you guys didn't dress up at all. 
No, I had where a, the Coltrane was off to now? somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I had another party to go to. And he's not oh. the, there's actually one other person who was on to somewhere else and did not dress up. So I mean like there like I would have and had I had I been able to stay and known that you were going Miami Vice, I would have gone as Tubbs. See, we'll have to have another we'll coordinate. Yeah, we'll coordinate that in the future. That's a great idea. But yeah, even even Heather's boss showed up and he was dressed for it, but that was actually because randomly he was at an eighties themed bar mitzvah earlier in the <laughs> evening. But what? that's nice. I can't really, that yeah, that's, amazing. that's as much that's as much as we need to know about that. But uh, I just thought it was funny. So uh, yeah, we had a good time and uh Liev Open what, Bar. Yeah, I was gonna say, what was your favorite part? But you answered the question before I even got to ask you. Open How bar. much did you enjoy the open bar? I don't remember. Well, you made friends <laughs> with uh, one of the bartenders there who said that you're a really cool guy and I was just I was just being nice enough and I was like, Oh yeah, he is. That's what who is this guy? <laughs> He's a guy you talk to all night. Mm. Yeah, he was we're behind best the bar. Friend. Yeah, you guys are best friends. What do and, you look like? Uh he was old. Hmm. Yeah, he wasn't a girl, so you probably didn't see him. But tying into this conversation, we're going to go ahead and uh, play one of our favorite games here at the Black Cast. It's called Ambush Ambush Liev. Hmm. And uh, (laughs) I want to know if you remember what you said at the end of the evening to Heather's friend. I met Heather's friend? Yes, you did. I didn't even know I met people, but let's go. Let's play. So you met Heather's friend. You have no idea, no recollection. You don't even want to guess. Was she cute? Yes. Was she Asian? No. Hmm. So it wasn't racist. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> she was cute. She was cute? Was I trying to take her home? Well, that might tie into what you say. Oh, crap. Did <laughs> I right. get her number? What was oh, her name? Well, I'm not going to say that, actually, because uh, I'm just not. But here's what you said. Oh, hey, are you single? I'm drunk, and that makes a good combination. <laughs> <laughs> and she turned around and walked away. Um, oh. Fact. Doesn't that always No, no, those are that's fact plus fact equals I'm turning around and walking away. <laughs> Whatever. Her uh, loss. Uh, yes, definitely. She could have had a good night. I'm sure she would. Minutes. I'm sure she would not. Three minutes. Come on, you were so drunk you left your backpack, <laughs> which I was. I was really excited to. You, you know. brought a backpack to a birthday party. He when did. You were Thirteen. I. I was, it was almost open bar. I was going to try and take some drinks home. I was almost positive it was his backpack, and I opened it, and there was a toothbrush in it. And I'm like, yep, that's his. That's all I needed to know <laughs> because crash because he never. He yeah, he never knows when he's going to need that toothbrush. It's hey, true. don't drink and drive. That's, that's called responsible partying. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Absolutely. And but, you got to keep clean teeth. Yeah, 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 it's true. So it was good to have you there, uh, both of you. We did miss Agent Starling, but... Uh, no, we did I was, like, kind of doing all the same things. I mean, like a wedding. You had an open bar at the wedding. Open bar, cake, But dancing, you didn't have Leah food. talking to girls. I didn't and have And honestly, that, that kind of trumps that. everything. Yeah, it's it true. Does. It does. Your sister-in-law single, by the way. I'm she, sorry? She is, oh, I actually. do remember talking to her. You, yeah, I do remember you talking to her, and I also remember ushering her away from you. She wanted it, though, right? I'm pretty well, sure Well, now I did. don't think that you've said that the right way. You know, <laughs> my wife enjoys listening to the podcast, and she actually likes all of you. This is going to be the moment where Mrs. she's like, Mrs. Blatt, hook it up with this the little is, sis. This is probably going to be the moment where she's like, yeah, I don't think I like you anymore. <laughs> Wait, how old is her this sister? Is you know? song, uh, I know exactly how old her sister is. Is it like, younger than Heather? Yeah, it's her younger sister, so yes. Okay, so, he's so smart. She's so, 26. He's so oh, smart. 20, 20, yeah. I know, a little, that's a little old for you. A little. Aren't how, you 30? How old is Carly Rae Jepsen? Carly Rae Jepsen's actually like 34, isn't she? Yeah, she's Is she like the old. Andy Milanaka's kid? She's really old, but she uh, looks really young. She's definitely yes. older okay. than she looks. Yeah, I'll right. call her never. Ugh. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, good. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I'll make sure we have a party again, and hopefully everyone can come this time. Wink, wink. Not just Liev. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> open bar! <laughs> that might not happen again. The open oh, bar. That sounds like a All right, but if we have shout. this other party, then I'm going to bring Fireball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that amazing. was the other thing. Fireball. Fire, Fireball was very popular, but apparently at the Moose Lodge, they'd already teared through most of it or Ooh, tore through most of it. My wife wanted some, and uh, I believe you for foregoed is not a word. Forwent? Foregone, forwent. You skipped. You skipped out. Well, be- again, because I was driving, it was a good thing that that um, it was gone before I got there. But, yes, apparently they had some, but it was gone before I got there. And basically the only two things that I drink when I go to bars are Fireball and water. It's an interesting combination that I go with. Not together. That's all you drink? I do, I do shots of Fireball, and then I'll just drink water. The water's the equalizer. Come on, Will. You don't like the to way enjoy I roll. any other beverages at a bar? Not really. Just Fireball. I love doing shots of it's fireball. It's that good, is All what right. he's saying. It's I delicious. mean, it's good. It's tasty. It's delicious. How do you feel about fireball? Email us at blackcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at Blackcast. Next we're week, discussion, all Fireball. All Fireball all, all the time. But it's yeah. actually going to be the reindeer named Fireball from Rudolph the Red. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all about him. Fireball! You're a freak! What's wrong with your nose? <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be a lot of that. But- we're going to step aside for a moment, and then when we come back, it'll be time for some guy talk, a.k.a. Coltrane's Corner, and Boom. it is a full corner this week, Ooh. so stick around. Oh, that's right. Coming out on the stage now is JJ. Yeah. Or it's just me and Coltrane. No oh, way, JJ was cute. JJ was cute. She was the uh, the Doctor Who stripper. <laughs> right. You're like, oh yes, that's right. That's, that's the one I got to dance from. She was she was quite lovely. That's that's a lovely way to put that. Yep. So I wait believe- a minute, you paid for a dance? Sorry to interrupt, guy talk. Yes. Well, no, yes this is, you actually you're, got you're, a dance. You're interrupting guy talk with more guy talk, so it's all right. Oh, interesting. It's I fun. hate strip clubs. Go yeah, on. I know. I know you do. That's why you didn't come with us. No jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Bing. Uh, Coltrane. Last week we were talking about how great the uh, NHL playoffs are because game sevens are great. And boom, last week we had a couple of great game sevens on the same night. Yes, we did. Now the Rangers caps game turned out not to be so great later on. Cause it's just the Rangers were pouring it on and the caps didn't come back. However, in the other game, the Leafs and the Bruins, <laughs> I went away from that game at one point because I was convinced. I'm like, well, this is just not fun anymore. Right. Because I think the were the Leafs up four to one or four to nothing. No, maybe they're were, they were four to one. Yeah, it four, was to, four one. to one in the third period. And I at the t- I was watching the game. And there I ha- weren't a lot of minutes left on that clock. No. Yeah. When when the Bruins uh, scored this scored to make it four two, there was like ten forty two left in the game. So or maybe there was nine eighteen left in the game. Excuse me. So it was just under ten minutes. They scored their second goal. I have to admit, I had company at the time. And I was just like so disgusted with the way the game was going. I was frustrated and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and enjoy my company, which I did. So I turned the game off. I went, enjoyed enjoyed some some quality time with I, my company. I'm not gonna ask too many questions. No, was, this just, a, was this lady company? That's all it, I'm gonna say. Yes, it was. Okay, that's yes, a, that's the only question I needed to ask. No problem. And so that uh that that trumps yeah. What you I mean, thought listen, was going to be a bad game anyway. Exactly. So you, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make the most of this night. I'm going to turn things around for myself. This will be good. This will be good. <laughs> so I uh, enjoyed a little quality time. And then um, later on, 
um, as she was getting ready to leave, she was like, oh, you should see what happened with your game. So, of course, I checked, and amazing Bruins comeback. Crazy. Cra- <laughs> crazy Bruins comeback, which I did not – I can honestly say I did not see it. I will say if I had gone to the game, I would not have been one of the people who left. Cause no, you, no, no, no. Because first of you all – You kind of got to stick it out Even when if there. you bought the tickets last minute, StubHub, somebody who's desperate, you would have spent a lot. Right. And you're just like, ah, you know what? This is going to be the last game of the year. I'm not going to get to go for a while. Let's and I just don't, wait and I, it out. And I don't like to, to leave your team like – in that situation, I just yeah. like you know what, no, stick it with out that. with them. Just so I would have stuck it out if I was there, but I had another distraction, so I was like, okay, I'll go with this. And then turned out that they won, which was amazing, historical comeback. Fortunately, the NHL NHL Network replays the game, so uh, I got to good. see it. I got to see the replay of the game, so that was good. But it was it's exactly what I was talking about last week with playoff hockey. It's amazing. Playoff hockey, it's fast. Anything can happen quickly. It's relatively low scoring, even though those games, you know, there were both the, the Rangers and the the Maple Leafs are up three goals or more at various times. That's still not an insurmountable d- deficit because, obviously, the Bruins came <laughs> back from it, they, a- it a- in, in relatively short time. You correct. Know? Yeah. It, was, it was a historical comeback, it was, so it was great. Um, I was happy that they, that they didn't quit, that they stuck it out. I'm thrilled for it. I'm excited for the next round. They're a little bit banged up, so yeah. it's it's going to be tough. And, and that starts tonight, right? It does start tonight. And, you know, it's I like – when it comes to hockey, I definitely like original six teams. So this is going to be the second original six matchup they're in. I like that. You know, it'll be interesting. Two, both teams play pretty similar styles. Yes. So I, I'll it's like a good it. matchup yeah. against the New York Rangers. And I'm excited for I'm it. I'm not that invested in it, but if I ever watched uh, hockey as a younger man and any time that I went to a game when I still lived in New York, it, it was the Rangers. I, I, I like I their going, coach, too. I, was, I wasn't going out to Long Island. Right. I, I wasn't. Why would you? I wasn't going to see the Devils, you know. So exactly. I, I've been to a few Rangers games at the Garden. And uh, the my senior year of high school is when they won the Stanley Cup. So I, I remember. All of those good times. Uh, I'm not going to lie. If they lose this series, even if they're swept in four games, then that could be devastated. I'll, I'll be like, ah, <laughs> oh, that would have been fun to watch them keep going. But uh, what, what's on baseball tonight right now? You know, <laughs> I would de- I would definitely be disappointed. I, yeah. I would like to oh, see no, the there's Bruins disappointment. Like, it out. But... There's disappointment. In other sports, I would be devastated. I, this one, I would just be like, oh, that's too bad. Like when the Knicks lose this series to the Pacers. I'm like, oh, that's, that's uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm real. I'm, I'm even less invested in that. I'm pretty much it's just because it it's the NBA. I'm less invested. When in. it comes to the NBA Finals, really at this point, what I want to see is Memphis against Miami because I think that Memphis, the way they play, will actually. If, if anybody, stop. yeah, yes. if anybody could beat LeBron exactly. and, team and company, it would be Memphis, and that would be great. And I am, I am, in fact, I, I have no hesitation about it. I am anti-LeBron. I'm anti the Heat. I just don't like them. I don't like the way that they've gone about things i feel like the league loves them so they get a recall so i'm just over it and i really hope that they play memphis and i hope that memphis wins so that's what i'm calling right now for the nba otherwise i got nothing well uh we could make some kind of friendly wager on uh the series and uh it'll involve dames and games i like it i like it uh you know springing for lunch at dames for games and you know lunch wink wink at dames and games Mm -hmm. but something tells me if if you win the bet and I have to pay, I might spend more money on you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just going to put it that way. I, I like will be it. out more money than you would, and we'll have to leave it at that. I like But it. I think that's a good – and we'll let the guys come along. And, uh, of course. We can, uh, we can reacquaint Will with JJ. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is teamwork. It, yeah. This is team. It's a team effort. So, so Liev is going to have to, you know, I don't know, have his dog put down. I mean, already, you know. How many times does this interfere with our plans when we want to do stuff after the show that you have a life to feed? Come on, enough. And I'm kidding. I don't want anybody to put their dog down. I just realized. I'm like, I've, I've gotten so many and I've only gotten like two pieces of hate mail. If I say that I really want him to put his dog down, I'm like, all right, that's, I don't mean that. But you should never have gotten a dog because you can't even take care of yourself. Is that accurate? I'm a responsible father. Oh, all right. Well, that's good to know. Well, we'll move on to some other uh, guy talk, though. The There's this billboard for uh, Cougar Life. I want you to describe <laughs> it, and uh, we'll post a link on the website at DennisMillerRadio.com so people will be able to see this. Now, this is brilliant. It's, it's, again, one of those things that people do because the controversy surrounding it will give you the publicity that you want. Absolutely. So, so Cougar Life. By the way, I'm just, I'll interrupt. I love that as a marketing point. I do, too. You know, the, the like, oh, my God, this is an outrage. You get, on, you get on the local news. You get talked about sometimes nationally. Right. If your story gets picked up from the local news and it's nationally because people are outraged at your billboard, you're like, Man, I don't even, like that's we've just saved half of our advertising budget for the exactly. rest of the year. Anyway, so go on. So that's yes, brilliant. So Cougar Life for those that don't know, website that uh, pairs older women with younger men, which we've talked about here on the show, I believe, haven't I, we? I believe we have. Not yeah. positive. But oh no, I that was the have. Cougar Cruise. I think. Uh, there yeah, you yeah. go. See? That's right. So well, you know, but, but people are aware of what cougars are. Yeah. I, I would think similar concept. So apparently, the billboard is a woman I'm looking it at depicts it right now. A, a woman. A bare-breasted woman nursing a baby, and the thought bubble from the from in front of the baby says, "Jealous?" Question mark. So it's like, it's like love. It's jealous. Exactly. Yeah, that's the voice of, of the baby, and it kind of looks like love. It's the baby. <laughs> jealous. And, and you know what? I honestly, actually, that was the voice in my head when I I read that billboard. <laughs> and that was what. It, that's how it read. But it, so apparently this is on Sunset Boulevard. I will. I haven't seen it yet, but I in fact will go do some research. I was going to say I will yeah. drive by and check it out. But and, I, uh, do you need to do some research and go to CougarLife.com? Just I see think what's I happening to. over there. I'm yeah, going to check fine. it out. You know, yeah. just that's what I do for the show. I'm like the investigative journalist on the show. You know, for a piece for the next Blackcast, we might need you to pretend to be a married guy and go on AshleyMadison.com. Done. All right. I just wanted Done. to make sure you're on board. All right. I got that. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I I don't know. I just think that it's it's a brilliant marketing campaign, and it's kind of funny. Now, the critics of it say that it sexualizes breastfeeding. The argument that I have against that is there's not really a way that you can over-sexualize breastfeeding because pretty much no matter what you try to do, when men see breasts, they like them. Yes. It's, you know, it's like, yeah, all right, I get it. It's a natural thing, breastfeeding, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Men don't look at it that way. Men just see boobs that's all it comes down to <laughs> so it's like don't sit there and oh no it over sexualizes breastfeeding it's a natural thing that's great i understand that it doesn't matter it's boobs. right up until a very specific moment during breastfeeding even then it's like all right i gotta not look she's trying to get privacy but you're trying to see so because there's that there's kind of that split second where if she's less careful and you're extra creepy about it, you're probably <laughs> going to get a glimpse. And then when the baby starts going to town, you're like, well, okay, now I'm, I'm yeah, exactly. not, I'm not like, interested listen, anymore. Right, but still. Like but I said, anyway. Boom. So, so I love that billboard. I love the, the marketing campaign because it's brilliant. And it's funny, and people just need to get a sense of humor. And this is on Sunset Boulevard here, Boulevard here in Los Angeles. Correct. This is not, you know, I don't know. 
near a church in Arkansas. You right. know? Exactly. They were smart about where they put this billboard. Exactly. You know? It's strategic. It's not a big deal. This isn't in, like you said, in Arkansas or Des Moines. They, don't worry yeah. about it. And Relax. Considering some of the uh, the HIV safe sex billboards that we have around <laughs> town, true. this is not that bad. Really is not. But speaking of cougars, uh, cougar emeritus Demi Moore wants Ashton Kutcher to pay... Uh, child support? No, it's not, chi- it's not child support. They didn't have kids. Correct. As far as we know. No, Correct. she's too old to have kids. I'm kidding. But no, <laughs> so he wants her to pay alimony, even though she not only is worth more than him, she got a huge payment from Bruce Willis. Correct. John McClane gave her $90 million. Isn't that what you told me? $90 million that All she right. got from him. She's apparently worth about $150 million, and Ashton, I guess, is worth worth about one hundred. million. The fact that she's worth $60 million without John McClane's money is still pretty impressive. I mean, G.I. Jane was a long time ago. It's true, but I feel like... I could be wrong, but I feel like she got like twenty million when she did striptease because like yeah, she showed her breasts right. in that one. I so that was like kind of like a big one there. And then I believe know, she, she was the first actress to get twenty million. I remember I, think, right. I think Jim Carrey was the first actor, and there was like, you know everybody was inching up right around that twenty million mark. Correct. So I do think she got a couple of big paydays. Yeah. And you know what? If she was reasonably smart with her money, good for her. But then why does she need Ashton's money? Now, see, this is the part that bugs me. And it's one of those things we, we get into these conversations and I talk about it. This bugs me because, first of all, she's worth more than him. So get over it. You don't need, you're not accustomed to a certain lifestyle that money from Ashton is going to make you whole. Get over it. It's like, and all right, you were like, oh, I'm a cougar. I'm dating like this hot young guy, Ashton. It's great. Shocking, shocking that someone in Hollywood who has been known for cheating with every starlet that he that he can see, he cheated on you too. Okay, I get it. You're you're unhappy about that. Are you really surprised by it? Really? I just think that this is one of those things where she's just bitter, she's mad, and it's annoying because there are in fact situations where women do need alimony, and I have no problem with that, but this is ridiculous, it is spiteful, and she should have seen this part coming, so I have no sympathy for her. Yeah, I mean, he didn't just step out onto me. He logically went to what some lists, although not the one that we read last week, what some lists considered to be the hottest actress Right. In Hollywood, or the or hottest woman in, in the country, the world, I don't know. She's right. on all those lists. Let's put it this way. She's a very attractive lady. And you know what? Ashton was in early. He bought stock. He knew. He cultivated yep. a long friendship with yep. Mila Kunis. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I think she was like 16 when that show started. Good for him. He was just like, yeah, nice to meet you. Right, oh, I'm yeah. Ashton. Hey, I'm funny, right? Thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> hang out sometime. You know, and like, oh, you know, I get your card for your 17th birthday, 18th birthday. Boom, I bought your car. What's up? See? See? He that's, knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's no, no, Ashton man. knows what's up. Listen, he's he, if you think about it, the fact that he's worth $140 million, and there's a lot of big actors that aren't worth what you think they are. So, I mean, he is a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. You know, So he's, you know, like, it makes sense. And like I said, to me, get over it. You know, like, it's fine. You'll be, you'll be all right. Well, okay? people that uh, need to be gotten over uh, include the teen mom. And uh, I wish, <laughs> I wish a friend of show Julia Lillis was here for this because she loves teen moms. And, and, and basically, the trashier the reality show, the more that Julia likes it. But so, uh, which teen mom? Now, what's this teen mom's name? I actually forget. I don't, Farrah Abraham. Yes. Now, she... We talked about her having a sex tape. Correct. She's first of all, she's selling the bikini from her sex tape on eBay, and I have to say, if your sex tape has a bikini in it, it's probably not a good sex tape. That's that's all I'm going to have to say about that. 
Well, I hear you. However, when we follow up with a couple of these other stories, you'll understand that it there is it's there just, is sort of it reason. makes an appearance early. Exactly. It's, okay. It's like the bikini from like the cover art. Oh, I see. Although apparently it does, there is a little Monica Lewinsky tie-in. We'll leave it strictly at that. People okay. can do their research no, no, no. if they want to. That's fine. That's that's a good way to put that. So apparently, I, I so her bikini was a White House intern. Anyway, what were there you, you going to say? Yeah. So the bikini. So the bidding starts at five hundred dollars. It is described as used and unwashed. It ha- and apparently it has it among other things. It has. Um, fake tan stains, so like from fake um, suntan. Yeah, uh, there's the, the spray tan, or yep. the yeah, there's various ways to. And uh, and it has glitter from her body lotion. So it's it's one of those things. I'm seriously. just trying to not throw up in my mouth right now. Exactly. And, and I, I mean, she's a she's a nice looking girl, but this is sounds but she repulsive. but she's you know what? Honestly, I listened to her on TMZ after she got busted for like DUI, and she's just a box of rocks. <laughs> That's all there is to it. She's just not bright. Like there are situations where like there's teen moms, and you you feel bad about the situation. Absolutely. Her like the the father of her kid like died in a car crash. Oh so yes. you, you want to have that was her. No, yeah. so you want to have sympathy for it. But she's such a box of rocks. I just have no sympathy. She's she brings her kid to like the porn negotiate negotiations. I have no sympathy for her. Well, let's so uh, let's bring this. in the black cast expert on box of rocks, Liev. What do you think about girls who are a box of rocks like teen mom Farrah Abraham? How do you feel uh, we should be treating them as a society? I'd hit it. Thank you. So the other thing was that teen mom Farrah Abraham is being criticized by the partner in the sex tape, James Dean. Obviously not rebel without a cause. Correct. This is two E's. And talk about what he's so upset about, which, as a man, this is very upsetting. It's it is very upsetting. There's there's a couple reasons he's upset. First of all, he was he was assured that she was on birth control, which makes sense. I mean, you're you're in you're in the porn industry. I'm sure that this is kind of common practice for for the women that he works with usually they're on birth control apparently he was given assurances that she was also on birth control so that's that's okay and then like she gets um she gets uh, uh pictures taken of her by paparazzi where she's buying a pregnancy test and he's like you know what this is like this is ridiculous. You you shouldn't pretend about this. You shouldn't like play around. Like this is a serious subject. You know, just having a kid. And by the way, you don't get kids from that kind of sex. Once again, just going to leave it there. Not going to elaborate. You can do some research. Exactly. But that the type of sex they had not the that does not sense. lead to exactly. Birth. So he was so he's actually really upset about it. And it's funny that the porn star so far in this whole situation. I mean. You know, he's just, he seems like a, a decent guy. He's said, like, the whole time, like, that he's been interviewed, he's like, yeah, I just, I decided, like, early in life, I just wanted to be a porn star. I just yeah. wanted to have sex with beautiful and women. I, and I don't know much about this guy, James Dean, but he's clearly had a lot of opportunities because he was in, as we talked about, he was in that movie with Lindsay Lohan. He could definitely yep. be talking a lot more and, you know, just be making those kind of comments right. that get you a lot of TMZ style attention, where if he basically, you know, dished on. Lilo or Farrah Abraham, or if he just said, like, yeah, think about the headlines, and obviously these aren't real news stories, but you know where exactly. I mean headlines. Headlines, if he said, yeah, she kind of smelled. Right. You know, that, I mean, I forget it, that would just run, run on and on. But what were you going to say so, about no, Mr. So Bean? he actually seems like the responsible one. It's Oddly like he, enough, you, the porn the star one. is the responsible one here, though. He's the responsible one, and he's the one that you act, that comes across as very likable because, you know, he's just like, hey, look, you shouldn't, like, joke around about, like, having a yeah. kid. 
which by the way, especially when you already have a kid. Yes. You know, it's and so he's he's very responsible. He seems like a good person and it's just this whole situation has just been really funny. I think he would be a better teen mom than a teen mom. Absolutely. I think he would actually not be bad at it. Now, you said that uh, swimsuit model Chrissy Teigen, she's called out the teen mom <laughs> in no uncertain terms. I believe she called her a whore. Yeah, I, I on Twitter <laughs> she called her a whore and like and a liar and talked about how like she she pretended to leak this sex tape, which is it's just funny because it's what everyone is thinking. I mean, everyone knows like the that teen mom is kind of an idiot and she just does dumb things. And I I'm going to go with the term fame whore just so that we can again avoid controversy. She's kind of a fame whore. And so, so Chrissy Teigen calling her out was awesome, except that apparently a lot of people, there was some backlash and people were criticizing Chrissy Teigen for what was it? I think it was called slut shaming her. And it's like, really? Like, I get it. If like, if a girl just in general is promiscuous, it's kind of, I, you know, like that's her choice, whatever. But when she is actually trying to exploit a situation, I think that that, that qualifies as Again, for us, we're going to go with fame whoring, but I don't think that Chrissy Teigen was out of line by that. So the the criticism is just ridiculous, but it's funny that she just came out and she's like, "Yeah, this you, congrats, like wow, shock, you're you're a whore, way to go." So <laughs> Chrissy Teigen, whore, we yeah. love you. Yeah, exactly. She's the uh, she's the official. What does she do? <laughs> what does Chrissy Teigen do? Is she a swimsuit model? She was she was a Sports Illustrated swimsuit oh, okay. model. She does do modeling in general, and she is engaged to John Legend. Hey, good for John Legend. I know, right? All right. Uh, he wish... can sing and... Exactly. If only I could sing. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, exactly. You just need to be able to sing, and then swimsuit models are taking your calls. It's true. Uh, let's talk about something completely different. Uh, people are well aware of Pat Robertson's background. <laughs> now, you told me, uh, do you know the story well enough to kind of explain it from the beginning, or should I give a little overview what he told the woman with the cheating husband? Which yeah. is basically, make yourself more enticing to him. And uh, he advised a viewer of the 700 Club, I assume that's where this happened, to stop focusing on her husband cheating because that is, quote, the tendency of a man. He suggested it wasn't the man's fault as modern society is filled with temptations. Modern society is filled with temptations. I don't know that all men act on them. But Pat Robertson feels that if you do, you're obviously doing something wrong at home. Coltrane, how do you feel about Pat Robertson's stance? Did you ever think you would agree with him so wholeheartedly? No. No, never did. <laughs> and uh, this, is the, this is the first time. This is the first time for everything. Yeah, sure. I it's Sometimes this stuff just like, sometimes I just get a kick out of it. I just think it's really funny. Pat Robertson, out of everyone, like you'd think, and like the commandments, there's like, thou shalt not cheat, something like that. I don't know. But it's like- it's a, Yeah, and you don't even want to cover thy neighbor's ass. Exactly. Which, and so you know, he's factors just like, back into teen mom. But anyway, go on. <laughs> See, there you go. But it's just like, okay, listen, ladies, your husband's out there having an affair. It's your fault. You need to understand he's going to do what he's going to do. And you need to make yourself more presentable to him. You know what? Congratulations, Pat Robertson. I mean, I never thought that I, I never planned on getting married or anything, but I got to be honest with you. If with advice like this, I'm saying that this is possible. Anything is possible. This is possible. Yeah, because basically what Pat Robertson is saying when you come to the part in the wedding vows when it's I do, he thinks it's okay for the guy to say, eh. <laughs> mostly. Yeah, it's like kind of. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm look. I am gonna try. Exactly. How about that? I'm, there you go. I, I'm gonna try. 
Uh, you told me that uh, Floyd Mayweather is the highest earning athlete with about $90 million this year. Your friend, the aforementioned LeBron James, number two with 60 mil. Tiger Woods down on the list, fifth with $40 million. And I mean, he's playing well now, Tiger, that is. Correct. But uh, he wasn't playing well, and he was still uh, he was still bringing in a nice nice quan, as they say. Yeah, you know what? He's because again, another guy who's who has been smart. He knows how to market himself. He's and he's he always managed to get the good endorsements and everything. So it's not shocking to me. And golf is one of those sports where it doesn't really surprise me because I feel like there's more appearance fees and you know like people just want you to show up at their events, so they'll give you like five million dollars to show up. And then if you win the next like two hundred thousand dollars, it's like, hey, that's great. But yeah, like, and then he does have his endorsements. So the scandal that he was surrounded by, it's you know, it's been tough. It took him a long time to like recover and and get back and to not be a laughing stock. But you know what? With forty million dollars in the bank, nah, you can laugh at me a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's not, probably worth it. I'm not that disappointed. And I the reason the actual thing that I I thought about with this list that that was intriguing to me was the whole Floyd Mayweather thing because there was always this sense about the the super fight between him and Pacquiao and they, you know whether he was backing out of it or not I actually got I actually read some I read some of his reasoning behind it and he was he, basically he promotes fights as well so he was like like I'm I'll put up all this money for this fight like I'll give Manny Pacquiao 40 million dollars for the fight in cash before we fight and then you know like and then i'm going to take care of the rest because he's again he's marketing he's he's his own guy so when you see that he's got 90 million dollars like when when i first heard that about the 40 million dollars i was like wow does does he really have that then you see the list and it's like yeah he's he's making 90 million dollars this year so despite the fact he went to jail he still is he knows how to market himself and he himself is worth 90 million dollars and I, I don't remember where on the list Manny Pacquiao was. I don't have the list in front of me. But he was way down there. And you just got to say, it, Mayweather knows what he's doing. He's yeah, a boxer, he does. Absolutely. And, and boxing doesn't seem like it's that big a sport anymore. Like there's, you know, there's all the other sports. Then there's the UFC now. But he's still $90 million, number one on the list. That is impressive. No, it's a really good point. He does know what he's doing, and I've heard so much. I don't even I don't follow boxing that much at all, but I hear so much about this Mayweather-Pacquiao fight not happening that uh, at this point I don't want it to happen because it just people seem so upset about it and I kind of enjoy that aspect of it. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to get a cut out, out of any of the money. It's not like when it's on pay-per-view I'm going to pay for it, you know. So it's like right. I'm not going to get to enjoy it. Exactly. Know? Nobody's going to call and be like, "Oh, we'll fly you to Vegas so you can watch it." Really? All right. Well, then that would change everything. True. I don't I don't roll I don't roll deep enough. Yeah, me either. That. But yeah. Well, the impressive. last thing we will talk about here in the segment is you sent me a list. The we'll start with the most racist countries: Hong Kong, which, where I'll be at New Year's, uh, <laughs> India, Bangladesh, and Jordan. Now, India and Bangladesh, there's so many people there, and they're so hungry. They should just be very grateful of any people that happen down the street or whatever. You know, you would think so because anyone who is not there might be willing to like contribute to donate a little bit i'm just saying you you got to like in, invite the outside in yeah you know be be inclusive i mean george harrison had to do a concert for bangladesh like 40 years ago and i don't think things have gotten that much better over there i'm thinking not so much you it's, think 
you yeah. know, a little bit less hate, Bangladesh. Come on. Exactly. You that's wanna... our that's our motto here on the broadcast, starting right now. A oh. little less hate, Bangladesh. There you go. I like that's gonna be our concert. That's what it's gonna be. A little <laughs> Just, less yeah. a little less. We're not hate raising Bangladesh. money for Bangladesh. We're raising money to advertise and increase awareness and openness. I wanna open a United Colors of Benetton in Bangladesh. I'm with that's you. That's gonna go a long way. I I'm think. with you. I like it. I like the idea. I, I was surprised by the list. It's one of those things, I, you know, I don't know all the criteria they used, but that, that those were the four countries that were at the top of the list. And I don't know if the, that it was exactly that order, but it was those four countries. I was a little surprised by it, But then when I thought about it, I was like, eh, maybe. I mean, I guess it kind of makes some sense. But going on the flip side now. Yes, let's get the flip side of this. Least racist countries. What's you've up? Got, you've got Argentina and Brazil. All makes right. Makes some sense. Australia, Canada, but by the way, the good old U.S. of A. Yeah, USA. USA all the way as far as least racist countries go. It's because we are an inclusive society. That's right. We are the greatest for a reason because we bring people in. We love the people. That's you, what we do. You know what I'm going to modify? I'm going to come up with another slogan. USA, colon, we're no Bangladesh. Boom! I think that applies to everything. Well, good for us. And Canada, yes, they're very inclusive. Yeah, I Canada mean, and Australia. Australia, I'm, I mean, they're so laid back. You know, yeah. the Aussies are are like, you know, you can be a didgeridoo, you can be a koala. They don't care. Brazil, they have carnival. <laughs> Come down and party. <laughs> That's right. Good. They just want you to party. It's exactly. all good. So I, I like the fact that we're ending on a positive note with USA among the least racist countries. If you take nothing away from this installment of Guy Talk, aka Coltrane's Corner, it's that USA is no Bangladesh. Well, the party Damn will right. continue after we step away for a moment. Agent Starling will be in here for some nerd talk, which precedes the Uber nerd talk a little bit later, <laughs> which will be filled with spoilers about Star Trek Into Darkness. Not this nerd talk right here, though. We're not going to talk about it here, so stay tuned right after this. Yeah, she sure did. <laughs> so she told you. Yeah, but she told me after the fact. But that's all right. That's a different story for another time. It was a long time ago. Seems like a guy talk. Yeah, that's a little that's a little carryover from guy talk. But it's time for nerd talk with Agent Starling. With me as always, at Will Sterling underscore. That's me on the Twitter. Mm. Uh, Agent Starling, very uh, very big time right now. Had to step aside a little early time. yesterday. Do a commercial. When are we going to see mm -hmm. that? Uh, it's holiday commercial. So okay, it'll be so holiday season. November, December. Is it a uh, generic holiday or is it Christmas specific? It's Christmas specific. Did you have a well, Christmas hat on? I did not. I'm mm. like, I'm wondering if they're going to shoot other segments and put it all in one so it becomes generic. Okay. But all of ours were Christmas specific. Sounds good. Well, yeah. we'll we'll talk about that when we get closer, when people will be able to see it and we know to look for you. Now, as I stressed mere moments ago. We won't be talking about Star Trek Into Darkness here because I've not properly delineated the conversation, which is spoiler heavy, away from the main part of the show where people might stumble into the spoilers. Also, you haven't seen it tonight. I have not I seen mean, it. I mean, you're not going to see it till tonight. Until tonight, yeah. Yes. But what I am going to spoil for you is that I saw an amazing Superman trailer beforehand. It's one I hadn't seen before. So and it's it was, a new one. It's, I guess it's a so new one. It may have been online, but I've seen two different ones, so uh. I don't know... 
I don't know. There's there's a conversation that Amy Adams is having with him about the S on his chest. That's so you may have seen this one up for a little while, but that's the part I I noticed. And anyway, my wife not crazy about the earlier Superman trailers, right? Because she felt like she wasn't getting a good feel for the movie, but she liked this one. It's good. She thought this one looked good. It's a it's a really good trailer. Three minutes long. And it was in 3D. What? I know oh. you don't like 3D, no, but I was taken in the 3D anyway. Right. So I wasn't going to not put the glasses on because I wasn't going to enjoy the trailer if I uh, didn't have it on. Right. Anyway, so uh, Superman always looked pretty good to me, but it looked it, it notched up it notched up a little Looks bit with big. this trailer. And that music, just the, a little tidbit, if you go back and watch it, yeah, is Hans Zimmer's like little preview of the score. And the new theme, so that's original music. I oh, see. I didn't. I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah. No. As much as I love the uh, the John Williams music, it's okay to you know try and go a different direction. Yeah. You know, I think if they used the John Williams music but had someone else do it, that probably would have annoyed me. That you know? was what they did with Superman Returns. Yes. Yeah. I liked hearing the Superman music in right. Superman Returns, but you know, you mean you don't want to hear Georgie Moroder do it again, like in Superman Three? No, actually, I do not want to hear that. Oh, why? Superman 3, not the quest for peace, by the way. Yeah. That's R- Superman, Superman 3, the quest for Richard Pryor. And they, he found him. <laughs> they got him. <laughs> and he found a, 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 a robot Robert Vaughn as well. Yep. What a great movie Superman 3 was. <laughs> it just reminds you of how much you liked Superman 2. You're like, oh, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's so much uh, nerd stuff going on uh, outside of Star Trek, obviously. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show was officially picked up. wasn't really a big surprise. No. ABC put it on its fall schedule. Uh, my concerns are budgetary. I don't know if they can afford to spend enough yeah. over the course of a, I believe it's a full 22-episode season. You know, if it was a cable show and it was 13 episodes, I'd I'd feel a little bit better about it. I feel like the quality might get a little thin at times. Right. You know, if you have a TV show, the budgets are a little bit flexible. But if you have one with some really cool special effects and crazy stuff happens, well, then you're going to be trapped in a freezer for 40 minutes. Yeah, there'll be some episodes where they're in an elevator. Very, yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Some very self-contained ones. But yeah. uh, did you see the uh, the 30-second trailer that they had there? Saw the 30-second, and then I saw the extended one. And and you uh, looking forward to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV series? Yes. I'm not officially excited, but no. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to check that out. Right. And I, I want it to be good. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to be able to check in with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. You I know. think it's great that it's a TV show because any other medium for Shield is crap. Yeah, I don't. I don't want a Shield movie. No, no. Because no, anytime no. I'd read comics and Shield would pop up and they'd do a lot of Shield stuff, I'd be like, "Go away, go back to the." Superheroes. Sometimes Shield would be helping out. Sometimes right. when Spider Man was in a real pickle, when, yeah, he needed Shield. Sometimes you <laughs> so need he's a just Shield. Like, he's like, you know what? I'm I'm just a guy who can barely right. pay his rent. I'm gonna need Nick Fury. Right. You know. You know who already has a Shield? Who's that? Captain America. I knew who it was. So I just wanted has, you to does say. Does that it. mean he has two shields? Yeah, he's got he's got shield uh-huh. and he's got shield's shield. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. So, keeping with the Marvel theme, that uh, the Black Panther movie will yeah. shoot in 2015, that's... and the first cameo will be in Avengers Two. That's what they say. Are you familiar with the Black Panther? Enough. His name is T'Challa. <laughs> T apostrophe Chala. It might be T'Challa, like Hala bread. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, and uh, look, great idea for a superhero character developed in the 70s. You're like, look, he's going to be Black Panther. That's an right, awesome idea. Right. And he, I like that he's going to get a movie. Uh, I think introducing him in the Avengers 2 would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But you were saying that there were some other... This was something that we didn't get to last week. You were talking about some other uh, Black Marvel characters who will not 
be getting their own movie, Falcon or War Machine. Yeah, they, right. They're, they're tied into Captain America. We haven't even and seen Iron Falcon Man. at this point. Is yeah. he in Cap 2? He's as far in Captain as America 2. Okay. Anthony Mackie. Oh, it is Anthony. Okay. Pain and Gain. <laughs> Pain and Gain. Yeah. Comes it's back. called Pain and Gain. That's right. So, all right. So, but Black Panther will happen. Those other ones, eh, we'll wait and see. Not so much, yeah. Yeah. Well, it just depends if people are clamoring. I'm surprised that they wouldn't want to do a War Machine movie with Don Cheadle. I mean, Don Cheadle, people like him. You're yeah. not surprised. If they still had Terrence Howard, would you buy it a little more? No, I just don't think either of those actors and the way that they set up the character is enough to hold his own. People are just going to go, where's Tony Stark? Yeah, well, he'd have to show up. But yeah, yeah you would also be like, oh, why doesn't he come back? Because the effects and the feel of the movie would just be Iron Man, except with War Machine. Because yeah. it's all the same technology. So people would just be like, why don't you just make another Iron Man movie and put more Tony Sh- or more Tony Shield. Tony Shield. <laughs> Tony Shield, agent but of Star War Machine. Yes, yeah. exactly. So uh, another Marvel thing, though, is uh, I've seen those first photos of Paul Giamatti as a rhino in Spider-Man it. 2. Yeah. And I saw, I, I saw kind of as a side on that an article that I didn't want to read because it said, will Spider-Man 2 make the same mistakes as Spider-Man 3, which obviously sounds like kind of a weird thing, but, you know, it's like Spider-Man 2 reboot make the same mistakes as Sam Raimi 3. Okay. And, uh, well, I hope not. Why not Spider-Man 3 reboot make the same mistakes as Spider-Man 3? Why are they already jumping the gun Well, they just think that this one's already making mistakes. How do they know? I guess they're seeing pictures from the set. I don't don't know, but I'm still excited about Spider-Man 2. I can't... I don't know what people want. I mean, Spider-Man 3 was not good because it was so full of... It was just all over the place. Yeah, I think there there were a lot of problems. Yeah, but... As far as like entertaining superhero movies go, like go back and pick up a comic book, and like people forget that they can be silly sometimes and sure. just kind of goofy and have a good time. I mean, we're talking about a supervillain named the Rhino. The Rhino, right? Yeah, I'm sure he's not going to be wearing a big rubber. At least I hope Paul Giamatti is not wearing a giant Rhino suit running around. You know, I think but, he is wearing it, but just not in the movie. Yeah, yeah, off screen. But that's wearing, fine, right? His pajamas, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't know. I, I guess I, I'm excited for this. But these are these are my characters. These are the people that I grew up with. Yeah. I know. Going back to Superman, you were very excited. So we're starting to see Spider-Man a lot too, more. But... We're starting to see a lot more of these TV ads. Right. And uh, what are they doing with the National Guard? You told me something about it that. Just, it's just a little like campaign together with the National Guard and Men of Steel. So it's like these are the real men of steel, men, women of steel. You know what I mean? Like people sure. who serve their country, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, just for our benefit, there's some cool footage in there from the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's like you get that too. Right, it's right. like, you know, hey, National Guard, they're doing great things. And right. whoa, look at Superman. Look at Superman, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So basically at the end of the day you go, hey, good work, move out of the way. Where's Superman? I want to see him. <laughs> <laughs> Move out of the way, real heroes. Where's the fictional yes. one? I want to see him. Yeah, exactly. Well, the <laughs> fictional Superman, you still have weeks away. Oh, just a couple. Yeah. Uh, it's like Less almost a month. month. It's almost Less a, month, a month. month. What day is it? June 14th. June 14th. And today's the 15th or the 16th? 16th. The 16th. All right, yeah. You're getting there. Less. Oh, man. You should uh, You should do a daily countdown. You should have T-shirts with the number of days. And just, you should. You know, go buy like a 1 through 28. Buy an old Christmas advent calendar and eat the old dirty chocolate. Old Dirty Chocolate. That was my favorite rapper in the 90s. ODC. <laughs> ODC. Old Dirty Chocolate. Yeah. He was good. Uh, uh, what, what, what was this crazy notion of Robert Rodriguez working on a From Dusk Till Dawn TV series? I don't even know. There's and, not even that many details I don't even it. know where that would be because that's a huge, that's like, oh yeah, it would be for CBS. What? Yeah. Like I'm making that up. I don't know this for CBS. I'm just saying that it would have to be for a cable network. I right. don't. 
I don't want. First of all, I don't think I want Robert Rodriguez doing anything for network television. I feel no. like he ought not to be Almost constrained like kids. that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. He could do Spy Kids, uh, like Nickelodeon show or something. Yeah, because Nickelodeon, you know, they're 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 rife with spending on budgets for their TV shows. Yeah, yeah. They they, they can certainly afford a Spy Kids Robert Rodriguez TV show. <laughs> so we don't know that much about it. No. So it's we probably shouldn't talk more like... about it. But if people know more about it, they can email us at blatcast at gmail.com because we want to know more. Now, are you excited about there being a Mission Impossible 5? Because I am. I enjoyed the Ghost Protocol, and uh, I actually thought that they might have been setting us up for a, for a handoff from Tom Cruise's character, Ethan Hunt, right. uh, over to Hawkeye. I know what his name is. But over to Hawkeye, right. Jeremy Renner. Uh, and uh, it looks like he, I mean, it doesn't even look like he will be back for... Mission Impossible 5. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because I enjoy those movies. I agree. I really liked Mission Impossible 4. I thought the f- when I was a kid, you know, the first one's fun. The second one was really fun. And I went back and watched the f- second one recently and I was like, this is horrible. Yeah. But the Abrams one, the third one is pretty decent. And then yeah. the fourth one was just like, wow, that was really. It was cool. Yeah. The, really the good. Abrams one I liked. The first one was actually, yeah, the first one I liked, the Brian De Palma one. The second one was John Woo. Yeah. See, I I liked I think I liked nothing about that movie except Tom for Cruise's when long hair. except for when the end credits started. You mean you didn't like then the Metallica was, song? And then I was like, time to go. Yeah, let's get out. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about MI two, <laughs> but MI three and Ghost Protocol. All right, I'm on board. So I'm stoked for number five, and I think Tom Cruise realized how awesome it was to do Mission Impossible again, and yeah. based on the success of it, it, was like, why would I walk away from this? Because uh, I mean, he's you said that he's working well. Allegedly, the director will be the director for Jack Reacher. Yeah. But I think he wants to work for him again, but it's not going to be on Jack Reacher two. Obviously, right. no. You know, that's... and Jeremy Renner has Born now too. Yeah, that's true. So and he's franchise. Hawkeye, although the Hawkeye movie seems to not be happening. Well, but... I read something this morning. Uh-oh. Little... That's late-breaking nerd news. Nerd news. Uh, Jeremy Renner may or may not have pissed off people at Marvel by saying, like, kind of whining about the fact that Hawkeye was, like, brainwashed for 90% of the film. That's true. I, hey, I don't disagree like, with that at all, He by didn't the way. get to do anything. He spent the whole time being brainwashed, and he never... I didn't really sign on to do that. And I, yeah. And so they may... I, the rumor is that they could recast him. But maybe they'll just leave it. There's, but he's definitely not getting his own movie because they're like, what, whatever. There's a lot of this talk about the recasting of people, and people it's are getting stupid. really upset. To relax. I, first of all, I kind of don't care. I mean, if they cast somebody really bad as, as one of these characters, well, then it'll probably be upsetting. But a good example is, you know, recasting Spider-Man. Oh, I liked, you know, I liked the first three, but uh, Andrew Garfield was pretty good. I thought yeah. that was cool. And yeah, Christopher Nolan as Batman. Well, who's complaining about that? You mean Christian Bale as That's Batman? That's what I meant to say. Christopher, Christopher Nolan as Batman would be I amazing too. Ba- I direct movies. I'm Batman. He would, yeah. be, <laughs> would just he would just overexplain everything. Well, the other drugs go yeah. So go? yes, Christian Bale. I, I forgot his name <laughs> because Christian is such an unusual Bale, name. Christian. Yeah. So you know, there's a, there's the all these name. there's all these casting changes that uh, people should be okay with. Yeah and like Brandon Routh as Superman, but we don't have to dwell on that. It's but it's one thing where it's like, really, you're gonna have Thor, you're gonna have you know Thor come out this November, and then a year and a half later be like, it's a different Thor. Nobody yeah. will have that. Yeah, so right. Marvel exactly. Is obviously you you, you have to ease your way into them. other Thors, and yeah. yeah, there's just a lot of talk. Of they're trying to spend as little money as possible, and this is the way to do it. Right. The other side is trying to get as much money as possible. Look, I'm sure we're going to see Tony Stark as Iron Man at, at least one more time. I think I said last week I expect to see him a few more times. Right. And 
I think we'll see a lot of these guys. You know, some of these guys are smart enough. So you know, the I Benjamins. Think, yeah, I think uh, Chris Evans knows. He knows what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, he's just unfortunate. He's just disappointed that he can't also be in the Fantastic Four reboot as the Human <sighs> Torch again. again. Yeah, because yeah, he's already done that now. <laughs> it's too bad. But I don't know. And, you know, Sam Jackson says he might not be around in Avengers 2. Okay, well, first of I all. I don't know why he said that. Why would you say that? Because Super. you're going to be in it. Yes. And doesn't he have a contract anyway? Nine pictures yeah. and he's only done five okay so you're gonna be in a few more movies yeah. sam just relax you're You'll gonna be get there. paid it'll be all right and then you know what it'll come a time where maybe you're not in them anymore but right. we're not there yet maybe this we'll is get all... salt and pepper hair great nick you know nick fury og nick fury oh i thought you were gonna say oj nick fury yeah maybe we'll, got salt... <laughs> maybe we'll get well, him maybe well oj was good in those uh naked gun movies That's but true. uh I, I, you know what? I don't think that would be well received at the box office. And uh, introducing is Nick Fury, O.J. Simpson. What about is it Bill Cosby as O.J.? No, no, <laughs> that Bill no, no, that Bill Cosby okay. as O.J. As, as Nick Fury. Now, see, I would watch that. Yeah. What, what would that sound like? I did not kill my wife, but maybe Captain America. I can lead you to Thor, baby, Rudy, Theo. <laughs> Jello, come here, my wife Camille. That's always my favorite. Hangs out with Kobe's boner. <laughs> so, other than Superman, what else are you excited for this summer? I was just talking to my wife, and now that I've seen Star Trek, no spoilers, don't worry. Yep, uh, I'm not as excited. I mean, there's movies that I want to see. There's movies I think are going to be good. I'm not that excited about the Wolverine. I want to see it. Yeah. I know the stories they're pulling from. It's going to be a good story. I like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I'm not excited about it the same way as I was excited for the Avengers last year. Right. You know, it's not. It's not the same at all. I'll see it, but it's like, yeah, eh, I've seen a lot of Wolverine. Yeah. There's been a lot of Wolverine in the past, so I've got a, you know. And the last time we saw Wolverine, it, 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 it didn't go well. It was well. a train wreck. Yeah, I did not well, enjoy that. His brief cameo in First Class was Oh, cool. yeah, actually, that was amazing. But that was it. Yeah. But, that was very funny. That's true. That was the last time yeah. we saw him. But the last time he top-lined a feature was, was it, the origins were not good. Right. Yeah. No. So, but there's a lot. Fast and Furious 5, I'm excited for. Isn't it 6? Six, you're right. Yeah, not they fast already had a six. This is fa- and, six. And, and Fast Seven already, already in production. Yeah, two yeah. years from now, the next one. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I finally saw one of those. I saw about half of one of those Fast and Furious movies, and I mean, I, I get why people like them. It's I, fun. I, it's fun. It's fun and possible car it, action. I, it's not so fun that I'm still trying to figure out what happened in the last thirty minutes that I didn't see. I'm like, oh god, I need to know what happened. Right. It's good. And it's that good. you know, Vin Diesel. God bless him. He's working again. I know there's another Riddick movie coming yeah, up. Yeah. You know, he'd been away for a while, and I don't know where he went. I don't know either. But he's back. He li- he has, like, a house in a bar in, like, Peru or something. I don't know. <sighs> don't he's don't we some, all? Right? Don't we all have a house he's in a bar He's living the Peru? life that his character in Fast and Furious <laughs> is living in the movie. Or at least wanted to live. Wants to live, yeah. Well, good. Well, next time on Nerd Talk, we will have to uh, talk a little bit more about Star Trek, I guess. Pacific we'll have- Rim. Pacific Rim. Also is- Pacific Rim. We when does that come out? That. July. That's July. That's I'm the other one. Okay. Well, we've got plenty of time to talk about Pacific Rim. I thought, uh, yeah, but so you'll have seen Star Trek by then, and you'll have seen it with Coltrane. Yep. Leah will still be left out, but that's the way we do things. But the one thing we always do include Leah in is a very important segment, which we'll do in one moment. And I'm going to mention that the Uber Nerd Talk will follow Tebow Time. Usually Tebow Time's at the end here on the Blindcast. We've got a whole other segment, and it's all about Star Trek. So if you're not interested in hearing about the new Star Trek movie, you can just 
turn it off after Tebow time, or if you want to be like Jersey Joe, turn it off right before Tebow time. But then after Tebow time, I'm going to talk to my friend Tom Kelly. He's a comedian in New York City. Uh, believe me, an even bigger Star Trek fan than I am, and I will talk about that. But it's going to be filled with spoilers, so we're going to get into the Uber Nerd Talk time. But for right now, goodness gracious, it's Tebow time! To the fans and everybody in Gator Nation, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I promise you one thing. You have never seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season. You never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. God bless. Here's Tebow. Going to run. Jump pass. Throw it to the end zone. And a touchdown. David Nelson caught the jump pass in the end zone. David Nelson scores. The Florida Gators have won another BCS National Championship. They're second in the last three years. Oh, and by the way, one more thing. Let's do it again. I'm coming back. A Miami Dolphins douchebag player has come out and called Tebow a Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, Miami's douchebag player, the Miami Dolphins, your team, they're like, well, the Miami Dolphins. There's nothing more insulting than that douchebag. A couple other stories about Tim Tebow. One, his girlfriend, rumor, uh, Camilla Bell. It's rumored that this is his girlfriend. All right. Uh, she's hot. I'd hit it. Uh, hopefully he is. He's probably not. He's bringing her to meet the parents. Wow. I know. It's a big move for Tebow. Another story. He's been offered another spot to play for the AFL, the Arena Football League, the Philadelphia Soul. He obviously won't take this because an NFL team will soon pick him up so he can lead them to a Super Bowl victory next season. The I... clock is ticking, Mr. Uh, Tebow. Well, I've already decided. The Powerball is clearly, what, going to be over $500 million? Yeah. I'm going to take all my savings this week, about $460, maybe $465. got to check my Chase checking account. I'm going to take every dollar, go play the Powerball, and I'm going to buy the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to buy them, and, and you're I'm going to start sure, Tim Tebow. And you're going to sign Tim Tebow. I think this is Tebow's and my long-term plan at this point, since nothing else in the news uh, has stated that Tebow's going to the NFL. Well, that has been the best minute of internet radio. Whatever, God bless. Tebow time with David Bujenski. And as I mentioned, there will be an extra bonus segment in a moment. The Uber Nerd Talk. Spoiler heavy about Star Trek Into Darkness with my friend comedian Tom Kelly right after this fantastic musical interlude. Well, that music can mean uh, only one of a few things. Most likely, it means Ponfar, but also it means it's our first ever Uber Nerd Talk segment, which, as I've been mentioning throughout the podcast, is very Star Trek Into Darkness heavy, filled with spoilers. So if you want to see it and you haven't seen it, you probably shouldn't keep listening. And if you don't care, you probably also shouldn't listen because we're going to talk a lot about it. But joining me, I had to bring in the heavy artillery, a friend of mine for a very long time, Tom Kelly. He's a uh, comedian in New York City. He also does the warm-up for The View, and we were NBC Pages together. He's on Twitter, at Tom Kelly Show. Welcome to the Blackcast, Tom Kelly. Uh, Christian, thank you for having me, man. Uh, This is... Uh, I mean, I guess people listening to podcasts know this isn't live, but this is so close to the Star Trek premiere. I've seen it with only one 
friend, and you're my only other friend who has seen this. So I'm very excited to get this yeah, off my chest. I, I saw it with my wife, who actually, I think she saw Star Trek Four when she was little, and she only kind of remembers that there were whales in it. And then she saw the J.J. Abrams one. So there's a lot that, you know, there's a lot that I'm like, ah, you know what, we're going to have to watch uh, Wrath of Khan, and so I can't even talk about anything, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm like, ah, I was just like, oh, you know what, I'm going to talk to Tom tomorrow. It'll be fine. But uh, before we even get to it, I'm going to have to mention, very importantly, that you are the one who introduced me to the concept of what a podcast even was. Uh, I guess it was, was it really 10 years ago now at this point that you were doing hey, this this was, show again? Yeah, and actually we keep talking. It's funny because I'm in talks to bring it back or bring it back with different people. Yeah. Um, but I started podcasting in 2005. We had a great podcast that was number one on Yahoo!, and to make a long story short, one of the guys I did the show with, uh, John McCann, wound up passing away. Yeah, I heard one of the about best that. that uh, wound up moving away to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is quite frankly just as bad as passing away uh, in the band business. And uh, he started a family out there. Sure. So we sort of let it go for a while. And I've been getting into video podcasting at TomKellyShow.com. But I love uh, podcasting. It's just long form. It's free. Uh, and yeah, it's just a great way to capture it. And you were amazing on the podcast. So I'm glad I've always been encouraging you to start your own for a couple of years now. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I think I needed the election to be over for me to be able to wrap my head around it. And yeah, you were, you were kind enough to have me and our friend, uh, Jenny Kramer, now Jenny Gilroy, uh, sit in, but I actually have to take care of some business here, Tom, because this segment of the black cast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Personal injury lawyers, Latos, Latos, and DePippo, 22-15, 31st Street, Astoria, New York. Give them a call at 718-721-5740. <laughs> oh, look at that. Their website, sliptripfall.com. Oh, I, you know what? It didn't come up. I wonder if they still have sliptripfall.com. I, I hope they do. But well, uh, I, I just a quick... Yeah, yeah, yes, I was going to make you explain that. I didn't want to just have the inside joke and have us laugh about it and move on. Oh, actually, it looks like the inside joke was we just kept talking about a sponsor that wasn't paying for the show. We were Astoria Queens' number one podcast, so we just kept naming a sponsor every week until the sponsor found us and offered us money. And it was the law firm of Latos, Latos, and DePippo. They advertised all around Astoria, Queens, and they bought the website. And I just looked it up, sliptripfall.com, but it looks like they let the domain name go, and it points to lawyers.com. All right, well, listen, it's out there, sliptripfall.com, if anybody wants to buy it. I but, mean, who thinks? I mean, and, and it was—it was just basically a great, a very nice ambulance chaser uh, <laughs> who really just seemed unhappy with himself. He was a nice guy, I'm sure. He was a very capable lawyer, sure. Uh, and he just—he was an admitted ambulance chaser. And his line was, uh, "The only thing worse than being an injury lawyer is being a divorce lawyer." <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I see that even within lawyers, there's subsets of lawyer jokes. You know, they <laughs> they rank them and they're like, oh, well, personal injury. <laughs> We're not divorce lawyers. And then Hollywood lawyer right below that. Yeah. Now, I've known you for an exceptionally long time. I think 14, 15 years, somewhere in that range. And oh, yeah, you've been you've been doing stand up most of that time. And, uh, you know, you're you're out there pretty regularly. Right. I mean, I, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school by saying that. Right. Yeah, I mean, what's funny is that uh, with stand-up comedy time at the level um, at, and it's funny, I'm just starting to see friends and people I've started with start to crack at different paces. Um, 
but yeah, I've been doing it for 15 years, but if anybody in show business asks me, I always say, uh, I'm coming up on my 10th year, <laughs> but I've been at my 10th year for about six years now. Yeah. Yeah. You actually are on the short list of people who've seen me perform stand up. at which, you know, I liked standing on stage and telling jokes. I think, uh, you know, uh, Dennis on the regular show on the Dennis Miller show, he'll talk a lot when people call in about how often you have to go up and how much you have to want it. And I didn't, First of all, I didn't live in the city, so it was hard for me to go up. And I, I also was just like, I don't think I like all the stuff around it more. I'm, I'm just going to write, and then one day I'm going to give away a radio show on the internet for free. So, so I, was, uh, I was ahead of the curve on that. <laughs> well, can I tell them the story? Actually, it's funny that you, you refresh my memory. You and I really, Christian is part of a core group of people that really got me back into stand-up when I quit doing stand-up. Uh, my, my first, I guess, and your first uh, big show was doing the NBC Page Talent Show. Yes, which where Christian which convinced me to sign up for. Yes. Um, and does your audience know this story? Or they don't. I've never talked about this actually. <laughs> okay, it was a talent show, and it was really just. And a lot of these people are very successful in some form of television or another now, but yes. not all performers. Um, but it was really just young people just starting out and with a lot of dreams of aspirations. Uh, and I was doing uh, stand-up, and Christian did a great Dennis Miller-esque uh, Weekend Update. Yes, I, I, I basically, I had because I, I was writing jokes for Weekend Update for Colin Quinn, I think it, yeah, it was still Colin at this point. And, oh, God, yeah. yeah, and, you know, I, fi- I finally did sell one eventually, but I had all these unused, unsold Weekend Update jokes. Oh, and I remember, I remember the joke you sold, to your first joke that you sold to Weekend Update. You do? I think so. At the very least, you wrote it. I remember you wrote this one. I forget the punchline. The punchline was, and today's Sesame Street is brought to you by the letters F and U. You know what? That one I actually didn't get paid for. They said it was similar. They said my joke was similar, but somebody else wrote it. And then that that sort of was a little bit of the luster off of the whole experience. I'm like, all right, I see how it works. The one that I actually sold to Colin and got the hundred dollars for, it. and people are like, "Oh, you're gonna frame the check?" I'm like, "No, I'm gonna make a Xerox of the check and cash it," but uh, <laughs> which is what I did. But uh, the joke was essentially at the U.S. Comedy Arts Festival over the weekend. Jerry Lewis said he couldn't name any female comedians that he thinks are funny because he sees women as baby-producing machines. He then went on to talk about his own comic genius of falling down and making fun of retarded people. So. That that got on the air and that got me a hundred dollars and it was phrased a little bit differently than that. I think I, I I agonized over you know you know how it is writing jokes that you just yeah. you every word has to be exactly right and I don't have I mean that joke was what thirteen years ago now so now I don't even remember. But that it exactly. joke is very Colin Quinn though. You yes, that joke is okay when you say it, but I'm imagining you doing a Colin Quinn like retarded people like you, you hit the low <clears throat> falling down to retarded people. Yeah, exactly. And I love Colin. Colin. To this day, not only remembers me, he remembers my first name and my last name. Because when you send the weekend update jokes, your last name is up there at the top of the page. So he'd see Blatt all the time. So uh, he's like, of course I remember Christian Blatt, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I love Colin. But that's that's the sort of aside there. And yeah, so we started, we did this talent show, which... God bless Al Roker, by the way, for being oh, yeah. a part oh, of this. I, meant, I didn't even mention it. it was emceed by Al Roker, and the big disaster of the show was uh, the, the we were every and let's make this a group mistake. Uh, yes, we told all of our friends that we could not let them come to this show because it was going to be so packed 
with agents and big shots from NBC, and we had Al Roker, legendary Today Show weatherman, and see it. And it was going to be packed, and eight people showed up. And four of those eight people walked out after the opening act. Yes. Which, and I, I mean, the thing which we'll, be, we'll be nice and say that was also a group mistake. I actually have a VHS of that. Do you still have the VHS of that? Uh, I think Sicardo has it. I I don't know if I have it. Uh, I, I you know what I I, I need to I need to get it burned to I gotta get it burned to DVD. But we went on to do shows that were much better received. We would do monthly Sweet Polyester, and the name comes from the fact that we were all NBC Pages. We would do those at Gladys's Comedy Room, and you tell me that Gladys has a room again, right? Well, she actually is a great. Actually, if you are thinking about doing comedy. Um, you know, I think this is the place to pop your proverbial cherry um, in a stand-up way. Go to Gladys's Comedy Room. It is uh, actually at the Comic Strip. She has an open mic there on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock p.m., um, and she charges you $12 to get on stage, but it's a supportive crowd, and it's a good place to start out because I think the, the great thing about stand-up, what I've learned is, and I think this is a Jay Leno quote, and he stole it from somebody else, which is the first thousand times on stage don't count. You that know, is so a great quote. Get your first thousand times out <laughs> yeah. of the way, and one great way to get the first few times out of the way is at this show. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that's a that's a great point, and. Uh... But friend, fr- my friend here at the show, uh, Will Will Sterling, he he goes by Agent Starling. He's actually doing a lot of uh, open mics and kind of weekly, monthly shows at uh, the Comedy Store. And he actually got the opportunity to open for Dennis uh, back in February, which was amazing opportunity that Dennis let him do that. You know, and it was how, so, how did that go for him? Uh, it was great. A good, very responsive crowd, very very friendly room. You know, and and he's a cute kid, so you know that that, that gets you far. You know, so. But, you know, you and I, we're not cute kids anymore, though. But uh, Oh, and even when we were kids, we were never cute. See, that, that's true, unfortunately. I, 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 so wish, it, I wish it weren't. <laughs> but what is cute is, of course, our fascination with uh, Mr. Roddenberry's dream, which is Star Trek. And I think people that listen to the podcast and listen to the Dennis Miller show are pretty well aware that I'm proud to consider myself a nerd and there's a lot of things that I like and I like Star Trek. I like Star Trek a lot. I feel like you are definitely above me in the pantheon and don't worry, I'm not going to give it away and I don't even think you use it anymore, but you used to have an email address that had 1701 oh. in it. My my AOL is tjk1701 at aol.com if well, anybody does want to email me. I didn't know um, if they wanted if you wanted to give it away, but yes. And for if if the 1701 doesn't mean anything for you, this next segment is really not going to be that enjoyable. But obviously for those of us who like to laugh at people who aren't equally as nerdy, that's the uh, the insignia or I don't even know what you call it, but it's the numbers on the on the enterprise identification yes. number, please. Yes. The, <laughs> the NCC NCC 1701, and then, of course, there's, throughout the course of history, there's dash A, B, C, and D. So, an e. Oh, there was an E, of course. I forgot, I forgot that they needed an E for the, uh, the, the later Next Generation movies. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Which, uh, a funny one is, I've, that's my dream vanity license plate, and I went to the Star Trek Into the Darkness premiere, uh, and I wound up standing next to a girl who said her grandmother has that as her license plate. Wow. That's actually amazing. And was this girl already married? Oh, this girl was actually um, very pretty and uh, very much uh, 
with a guy and very much there. What I found my problem with the Star Trek premiere was there was a lot of people there who were there to see famous people and they weren't really Star Trek fans. Right. And and that's and and you were there to see Star Trek and there's a video that we're going to link to on the Dennis Miller Radio website so that people listening to this can watch it afterwards. But tell us a little bit about your experience on the red carpet which is amazing and uh, well, tell us about that first, and then there's another uh, experience you had on The View that I have to talk about before we dive into the movie. Oh, but, so, so talk about the red carpet video. About, this is the cool thing about when you get there. If any of you ever go into entertainment, it's awesome to be entertained by, or interviewed by an old friend because there's no damn secret. There's no looking <laughs> cool when you got an old friend interviewing you. Uh, but I had a great nerdtastic experience at the Star Trek red carpet. I did not go as a member of the press. Uh, I went with my... Uh, friend Vincent Kalura, Vince Kalura, who I call Vinny Kalura, whom I went to summer camp with at the age of 12. And Vin is a big, uh, he's into zombies, he goes to fantasy fairs, and every year we go to Comic-Con together, one of my oldest friends, and he stumbled into like a promotional company that gave us red carpet access. And I wound up doing an episode of the TomKellyShow.com of me trying to meet Captain Kirk and get my picture with him. And I got a beautiful picture with Chris Pine, who is a very gracious man, and I just for a moment, uh, all of my uh, 12-year-old feelings came out, and I basically had a complete fangirl Justin Bieber moment with the new Captain Kirk. Right. And look, I mean, we, of course, grew up with Shatner, but the fact is, he's Kirk. I mean, he's Kirk now, you know? So you still got to meet Kirk, which is amazing, you know? I, uh, I've i talked to Sulu on the phone, and I don't mean John Chu, John Cho, you know? I have talked to George Takei on the phone. So that's, you know, when he's been on the show. It's, he doesn't call me on weekends, or at least that's what I'm going with. But... Yeah. So anyway, so that yeah, and it's a it's it's a it's a very cute experience, and it, it's what like a two and a half minute video or something, and and you get to see you and Chris Pine. I don't. I thought it was great when you posted it. Uh, this was was this earlier this week the premiere? Uh, the New York premiere was actually a uh, Thursday. So oh, okay. Week ago, Thursday. Week ago, yeah. Um, and then, but they haven't aired. But there's been no screenings in New York until today, whatever day we're taping on the 19th. Um, but the cool thing about this uh, going was I was just with a guy. Like the cool thing about Star Trek is I feel 12 when I'm watching Star Trek. I definitely like, agree gotta, with that. Yeah. Like, like I was awkward. Star Trek filled a lot of voids. Like I was not, I wasn't smart enough to be a nerd. I definitely wasn't cool or athletic enough to be a jock. I was a complete outsider when I was in high school. Uh, and Star Trek made, gave me a sense of purpose for a while. Like my mom used to take me to Star Trek conventions. Um, I, I actually have a screen. That's funny. My, my mom used to take, my mom used to take me to uh, comic book conventions. So it's, you know, it's, okay, it's yeah. a very similar experience. <laughs> Well, yeah, and she'd take me to those, too. And the fun one with my mom is, uh, for years, my mom would always take me to comic book movies and Star Trek movies. What my mom doesn't know is my mom thinks we always go to the Star Trek movie for the first time together. But my mother loves to talk during movies. So oh, what I do no. now for the last 10 years is I sneak off to see the Star Trek movie by myself. <laughs> Then I go with her opening weekend and tell her it's the first time I'm seeing it. Well, let me tell you this about uh, my mom. The reason I like Star Trek is because my mom liked it so much. So she was in high school when the original one was on NBC. And she would make sure, even when she had a boyfriend, they would be home. I believe it was on Fridays. She had to stay home to watch it. She liked it that much. And then the reruns were always on Channel 11 growing up in New York on WPIX. Mm. So we would watch them. And then when we got a VCR... 
she was determined to get them all on tape and, and, you know, so we'd record them at midnight and then we'd watch them later. So I grew up and I saw all of them and then I liked the movies. So it's really because of my mom that I like it. I always, I grew up around it. And as much as I liked Star Wars, you know, I didn't have it in the house until probably like the, you know, the mid eighties, you know, I, I couldn't watch it. You know, CBS would show it like once every two years. So I'd get to see Star Wars once in a while, but usually that was like a movie theater experience. But but Star Trek was in the house and it was always around. And I don't mean in the house like a late nineties in a house. I just mean it was in my home, basically. So Yeah, and I and I would and I don't want to even start this debate. And Star Trek is a much more superior uh, form of entertainment than anything Star Wars. I, I will stand by that because there's just that many more hours of content. Well, yes, Star Trek. I, for for that point alone, I will I will give you there are hundreds and hundreds of hours, and uh, I I I immensely enjoyed the Next Generation, and you actually work with a featured character from the Next Generation, don't you? Well, it's funny, and one of the comments on the video was, uh, because I work at The View, I work with Whoopi Goldberg, and a friend of mine, Brian Mathis, sent me an email, uh, if you went this nuts about uh, meeting Captain Kirk, how did you feel the day you got the job working for Guinan? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's what it is, and it's funny, Whoopi, who is a, uh, one of the biggest surprises I had when I first started working with Whoopi Goldberg was uh, that she genuinely is a Star Trek fan. Like, there's a legend about how uh, she asked, she called Roddenberry's office uh, before Star Trek The Next Generation started, saying she wanted a role on it, and apparently the legend goes like this, they thought it was a prank call. Whoopi oh, wow. Was just coming off, yeah, they thought Whoopi was just coming off her Oscar um, yeah, because the show the show premiered in 1987, so that's that's a it's a very that's a huge time for Whoopi. I mean, she had done those comedies in the 80s before that, you know, the the Burglars, Jumpin' Jack Flash, and those movies. But then, yeah, then there was the Color Purple. Yeah, and it's just funny. So, like, Whoopi is awesome. Uh, Whoopi's a huge sci-fi and fantasy uh, fan, and she genuinely called Roddenberry's office after the first year of The Next Generation saying, no, really, I would like a part. I'd like a recurring part on uh, The Next Generation. And uh, if you rank, I think it's 168 episodes of The Next Generation, she was only in, I think, 30 of them, roughly. Wow. And if you rank the top 10, uh, eight of them have Whoopi Goldberg in it. That's pretty. That, you know, eight that, of them have Guinan. Yeah. Like, you think about the Borg episodes. She was in the Borg episodes. She She's was in, in the, yesterday's Enterprise, where uh, the Enterprise C is brought come travels to the future. They want a Peabody for that episode. Wow. Um, you know, there's a like if you and there's a few other great episodes uh, when they first encounter the Borg. Uh, that's another uh, Whoopi episode. And yeah, if you rank the top ten, she's definitely in a majority of them for somebody who is really in a smaller percentage of overall episodes. So not only do you get to work Work with Guinan, there was a very fateful day, and I believe this coincided with the release of the first J.J. Abrams movie. And I remember yeah. you posted this video on Facebook. And well, talk about who was in studio and your interaction with uh, this very okay special well, guest. And it, it's very important now for all of my work in TV. When I started with Christian, uh, God, even before being an NBC page, when we were interns at Conan O'Brien together, um, you know, at this point. We've been in showbiz for a while. There's not too many people I think either of us could say we're really starstruck by. My list really was it used to be Whoopi Goldberg, but I'm you know used to working with her now. And then it'll be William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, and the Pope were the top like four out of five names. Um, 
And you could throw Harrison Ford in as number five. And they had Leonard Nimoy on to promote the first movie. And uh, Whoopi and our executive producer, Bill Getty, both knew I was a real Star Trek fan. And I basically got to meet Nimoy on TV. And they gave it to me. I didn't ask because I was afraid of making a fool of myself. Right, yeah. And I got the Vulcan salute from uh, Leonard Nimoy. And gosh, I, I teared up on network TV. Uh, I'll give you the that's on YouTube too. I'll give you the secret link to that. That's not very much out. Is that um, uh, but, is that something I can post on uh, on our website you know, or okay? Yeah, good. as long yeah. as it's through YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's no, that's fine. Great, uh, special for Dennis Miller fans only. Oh, well, um, we we appreciate that. Yeah. So I mean, we can we can really get into the weeds on just Star Trek in general, and but we really need to talk about the movie. But before we do, I don't even know your answer on this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to see how you react. Worst. Starship Captain Kate Mulgrew. What do you think? Yeah, oh, out of the, out of the out of the out of the out of the main ones who had series. You know, I mean, I know there's ones that we meet occasionally. You know, I, I don't mean any of them. I would argue, you know, and this is a big debate I've been having: which is a worse Star Trek spinoff, Voyager or Star Trek Enterprise? Yeah, I, well, um, I like Scott Bakula so much that uh, yeah. that, but but to be honest, I didn't watch. Enterprise beyond like the first half of the first season. I, I think it was right when I moved here or something. So I didn't see that much of it. I just know I liked him and I kind of liked the show. So it could have gotten to a point where I really didn't like it. But yeah, just for me, Voyager, like I liked Deep Space Nine because it was different. And Voyager was just a less good next generation. That's that's what it was for me, you know. And I didn't like any of the characters anywhere near as much. And some of the characters I was actually really annoyed by on Voyager. So you know, you know what's funny about Voyager is when you watch. Uh, did you watch the Battlestar Galactica remake on Sci-Fi? I did. I can't believe we've never talked about that. By the way, yes, I was a huge okay. fan of that show. Yeah. If you watch, and by the way, folks, if you get a chance, that's on Netflix for free right now. The best modern science fiction. I actually talked uh, to my sister-in-law to start watching it. She just started watching it over the weekend. My my wife doesn't care enough, but my sister-in-law just started watching it, and I saw her after she'd seen, I think, six of them, and she was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are times where it's a little too soap opera. Sure, it's, yeah. Uh, the best science fiction on television. It, when I watch Voyager, when I watch Battlestar Galactica, I think about what Voyager could have been. It was a starship trapped thousands of years away uh, trying to come home, and it was just weak. It was just a weak uh, show, whereas actually if you watch Star Trek Enterprise, um, the last year of Star Trek Enterprise was everything it should have been. Like they, they started like traveling right. around and just starting to meet people in Kirk's universe. But I'm going to admit, uh, as, a big, as a huge Star Trek fan, as a guy who can describe uh the the classes and how many decks each enterprise had um i could tell you the maximum speed of all the ships and again <laughs> star trek took the place of me losing my virginity very late in life that all being said i think star trek needed a break shortly before uh, after deep space nine or during voyager right. i would argue that they should have taken five years off. And, well, they, they, and then they, they did take a bit of a break, and I, I feel like it'll end up back on TV. And I think it'll end up because of the success that I expect for what I thought was a great movie, Star Trek Into Darkness, which you saw the other day. This is where all the spoilers are going to come fast and, and furious for uh, all of the every, everybody who hung on, just in case 
we're going to talk a lot about the movie. So the most important thing to know in the movie, there's there's one word that is said two different times in the course of the movie, and it's just both like, it was sort of like the worst kept secret about the movie, but it was still amazing each time we heard someone say this. You know, there's the time yeah. that Spock does it, and then there's the time that he says that it's his name. And it's like, you know, I was always like, well, it might not be, you know, I'll be all right if it, but it's just like, all right, this is great. And like the crowd that I saw it with went nuts at that point that when he said that it was his name. Okay. Here's my first thing on the JJ Abrams universe of Star Trek. Yes. Is there's a great, uh, there was a great video on the onion.com in 2009 that sums up my feeling about the new Star Trek movies is Star Trek into the darkness and Star Trek are great movies, or Star Trek fans hate new Star Trek movies because they're actually good movies. <laughs> that's a great point. Okay, and that's the point. Now, I will argue that I have a lot of problems with the writing of the new movies. Uh, I think the, the new movies are well cast. They're well shot. The special effects are great. Uh, I don't love the look of the new Enterprise, but I've gotten used to that. Um, it's well performed, um, but I hate the way the Star Trek modern writers have written these two movies. Yeah. They were written by the guys who wrote Transformers, and for <laughs> me, both movies feel as dumb as Transformers. Right. I can definitely understand where you're coming from. I, I, I agree that it's, it's dumbed down on some levels, but they are. Uh, this one in particular was very fun. It was action-packed. I understand what you're making these movies for, the, the widest audience possible, which, of course, the, is a euphemism for saying least common denominator. And I understand that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I thought that they were great. Uh, you know, I mean, I really liked this one more than the first one because the first one, you know, they had to set up that it was a separate timeline for all of the people who were going to be upset that 40 years of entertainment were washed away. And I, I, I understand what they're coming from so this one they kind of were able to just jump into it and i really liked it so uh i don't know i thought there were some great things and there was a lot of just the parallels between this movie and what i think is the best of the the feature films the original ones was wrath of khan and just the parallels that not only is khan in it you know there's some some dialogue that is, is very clearly paying homage in and in an amazing sequence i don't know i thought it was really well done obviously it's it's never going to impact my heart the way that the old movies did because first of all i'm not a child seeing them for the first time but you know i i don't know so i thought that uh it was great and my wife really enjoyed it not even being familiar with it which it's more that it it's what it comes down to the new movies are more for her than they are for me and you but i still <laughs> liked it you know uh, so, did well, you on the whole, would you say you enjoyed it? Or you, okay, you on the whole right now, let me get this out of the way. Go see it. Go see it in 3D. If you can afford to see it in IMAX, definitely go. Um, it was a visually stunning picture. It's worth seeing, and everything that comes out of my mouth after this is going to be a fanboy nitpicking. I Good to know, yes. I mad about a lot of this. Like, here's the thing is that, one, is the, actually, I saw on Reddit someone had a great line to trick old Star Trek fans into appreciating the new Star Trek, which is pretend it's a piece of fan fiction. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. <laughs> it is. If you treat it like if you let yeah. go, and that, that was my problem with the first one, was I had a lot of trouble letting go of... Uh, you know, my own Kirk Spock and Bones. Yeah. Well, 
Well, so we've only got a few more minutes, so I, I kind of need you to sort okay. of more summarize. So, yeah. what do you, so what do you need me to summarize? So my, my summarize is go see it. My uh, biggest complaint with this, and this is where I'm terrified of J.J. taking over the Star Trek. Uh, the Star, Star Wars. Wars universe, sure. Um, I think he'll be better at Star Wars, because I think here's where, and there's differences between Star Trek and Star Wars. In Star Trek... Uh, you know, there's a theory as to why warp drive works and how it works, you know, and all this stuff. And there's a whole, like, marriage to the technology, like, to science, science fiction roots. I found in this, where Star Wars, it's, it's light speed, you're done. Um, I found in this movie, there was a lot of lazy writing, and they just used easy science fiction things to fix all their problems. Like, right. for example, my problem with the first movie and this movie was, oh, we'll just use the transporter. The transporter doesn't work at certain points, and then it can magically beam you to, into the Klingon space, uh, <laughs> you know, in other worlds. Uh, I also think you're saying now you, that we're all admitting now that John Harrison is Khan. I think that was lazy writing. I don't think he had to be Khan. I think I think he could have. Yeah, I think. Well, I think Khan could have been this movie. He just could have been a different guy. You know, I I, I I see what you're saying, but I, I well, feel like they, they felt like they wanted to do con. So I, I guess, you know, let them get con. But yeah, I know. I don't know why they had to mix. They had to blend characters like that. Well, but, and, and to, your, to your point here, I'm one of those guys who clapped when they said, this is con. Uh, my name is con. Yeah, I clapped. Um, my problem was, though, I don't think he had to be Khan. They created, like, up the first half of the movie, they painted this beautiful character of this evil, you know, Starfleet villain gone wrong. Who do you trust? And then he says, oh, yeah, oh, and by the way, I'm Khan. Yeah, no, 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 you know? exactly. I definitely understand that, that, that it could be disappointing, but it, it, I, I just happen to have been excited about it. There were a lot of, you know, great fanboy reactions from the theater there were a lot of little things, you know, it was a lot of it was dialogue, things that, you know, Spock said to Kirk in Wrath of Khan that then it's the reverse is said. There's all that stuff. And then there was something I had to look up. They they applauded when they said it's like, oh, this is part of Section 31. I'm like, well, what the hell is Section 31? So I had to look oh, that yeah. up. And I'm like, OK, I kind of remember that now that I read it. But I'm like, man, that that's where I was like, all right, I'm out of my league with these people here in the theater. <laughs> So, yeah, that like section 31 is like the Starfleet CIA yeah, that that's, nobody knows about. That's basically what I figured it out. I, I read it and I said to my wife, I'm like, because she looked at me and I'm like, I got no idea what section 31 is. But uh, so, 31 is Starfleet Dark Ops. Yeah, right, exactly. So, in about a minute or so, just kind of summarize what you liked most about it because you're definitely yeah, on record for there being aspects of it that you're not crazy about. But what like what it, would you say if, if there's a moment or two where you're like, this part was great, I liked this or that? I think from beginning, from the moment you sit down, uh, you're seeing what you're seeing an action packed movie. Um, like the you, you sit down first. The 3D was amazing. Did you like the 3D? I did. I saw it IMAX 3D, and I usually don't like 3D to tell you the truth. But uh, it was it was really well done in this movie. I'm not. I never tell people they have to see any movie in 3D except Avatar, and that's just because the movie was so shitty. But I, you know, so but this is one where it it definitely helps, but you don't have to see it in it. But I, I think it would be good to see it. Yeah. I think here's where they, they deserve credit. My ending on a compliment, which I loved. Uh, this is why you and I got to hang out more often. Making the end on a positive note. Yes. Um, it is the most ambitious Star Trek movie in the history of Star Trek movies. That's a great way it, to put it. 
You know, I mean, you're right. I think you know what they're guilty of is trying too hard. If you have a, <laughs> if my only complaint about it is trying too hard. I yeah. think it is well performed. Uh, I think there's great comic relief with Simon Pegg as Scotty. I love Carl Urban's McCoy. Yeah, uh, that's uh, yeah. We talked a lot about that. My wife and I. We really like the, him as as Bones. Yeah, he's great. So yeah, I mean, and, you know, I feel like and, I feel like this movie will still be out later in the summer, and so when I'm in New York, I feel like I need to see it with you, and then like you know, we'll be the jerks talking in the back row through the throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's a movie you can see several times. Yeah, I mean, even no, I'm de- I'm definitely going to see it again. I I already know that for sure. Uh, so on my final thing was when you went to the premiere, did they have the posters to give away? The which midnight and and like 11 a.m. 11 p.m. I went to an 8 p.m. screening. They were giving away posters. Did you get the poster? I did get a poster. I have uh, lost a poster. I'm actually holding my screening ticket in my hand right now that I okay. have not been able to, that I'll probably scrapbook or put on a pile of uh, my, stuff somewhere. My wife volunteered. She said, you should send the poster to Tom if he didn't get one. So I'm going to mail you the poster that I got at the screening. Uh, it's a beautiful poster of the Enterprise. I know this isn't your favorite version no, of the Enterprise, it- but the picture, the poster is great. Usually you get a free poster. It's really, you know, on flimsy, glossy, but this is like a nice cardstock. I was impressed with the quality of the poster. And anyway, I would like to give it to you for oh, being nice so, what I got. Thank you, Christian. for being Thank so you. generous with your time and appearing here on the Blackcast. Uh, when I'm in New York over the summer, we'll have to uh, have you in studio. We'll talk more about uh, showbiz and all these kinds of things. But I do really appreciate you taking the time and uh, talking about the movie with us here. And uh, I'm ta- I'll talk to you soon, Tom, and I'll talk to all of you on the next Blackcast. Cast. <laughs>